Luke 18, one through eight, um, I'll read it. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable uh, to show them that they should always pray and not give up, okay? So Jesus had a story he wanted to show them. The whole point of it was to teach them that they should always pray and that they should never give up. He said, a certain woman, uh, uh, a certain town, uh, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. So we're in a certain town, there's a judge, doesn't fear God, don't care what people think. Uh, and there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea, grant me justice uh, against my adversaries. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, he says, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. OK, so here's what's happening. There's this widow uh, in this town. There's this judge and he won't give her what she wants, but she keeps coming back over and over and over and over and over again. And the judge finally gives the widow uh, what what she wants. Right. So now we're at uh, verse six. He says, and, and the Lord said, uh, listen to what the unjust judge says. Uh, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones? Okay, so now he's making a comparison. So he's finished this, the story, and now he is uh, uh, telling you what, what the story is about. So verse 7, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Uh, will he keep putting them off? Verse 8, I tell you, uh, uh, he will see that they get justice and quickly. He says, however, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth. Okay. Now they call this story again, this is Luke 18, one through eight. A lot of times they call this story, uh, the, 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 the persistent widow, you know, is, is what they call this parable here, uh, in the Bible. So there's a couple of things we're going to pull out here, um, uh, with this lesson, uh, and, and, and apply it to ourselves today. But before we pull anything out, the first important thing we need to make sure we understand, uh, is the, is the point of Jesus telling this story. Okay. Because a lot of times we can hear these stories and we can pull stuff that we want to pull away from it, or we can look at it and say, well, here's what, he, but no, he's very clear as to the point of this story about the persistent widow. And you can find it in verse one. He says, that the whole point of the story is to show his disciples, right? And, and in principle, us, right? To just show the disciples that they should always pray and that they should never give up, okay? And those are the two points and the two principles that are that were preached here with Jesus and he's telling this story. It's stressed throughout the New Testament teaching and it is our lesson for today and for this to be something that Jesus wanted to teach and wanted to emphasize by making up a story. That's what a parable is. A, a, a story that you make up to prove some sort of moral point. And so for, for listen, for it to be preached throughout the, the New Testament, these two principles, to pray always and to never give up, and for it to be our lesson today, and for Jesus to want to emphasize this by making up a story through this parable, uh, and, and, and this being the, the, the point, for this being exactly what he wants to teach, uh, it shows us how important it is, number one, what? To pray. It shows the emphasis on prayer. It shows how important it is, the fact that it's emphasized throughout the New Testament. And Jesus is telling the story because he's got to instruct these guys that it is important that you always pray and that you never give up. It shows us two important things, that prayer is important. And by the way, it is hard to give up, okay? So again, Jesus is stressing the point that that that, that, that prayer life is important here. But these two things he is saying is like, like separately as far as always pray and never give up on the faith, but they're also somewhat joined together, okay? And so we see that prayer is hard, but how many, praying consistently and praying always is not an easy thing to do, number one. And number two, we know that it is hard to not what? 
to not give up. That sometimes we go through things in life and it's easy to say that, oh, I, listen, every day that I wake up, I'm, I wake up and I'm floating on cloud nine and, I, and my prayer life of God, is I just get up and I pray and then life is so good and then there's sunshine and blue skies and everything is great. And I just always feel like living and everything with life is great. And that's not always, that might, listen, that might be Brenda's testimony and that might be the way Charles wakes up, but it's not the way that I wake up. And sometimes it is hard to can just continue in the faith. And sometimes it is hard to just keep on moving and being motivated and never giving up. But we got to look at this thing where he says we should always pray, right? So he says he's teaching us the story so that we should always pray and that we should never give up. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. You can write that down and you can read it later. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, rejoice always. Watch this. Pray without ceasing. That means don't stop praying. So rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Ceasing. It says, in everything, give thanks. It doesn't stop there. It says, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you, meaning that it is the will of God that you always rejoice and that you pray without ceasing and that in everything that you give thanks. So right there with rejoice always and right there in giving thanks, it says, also pray without ceasing, that that is God's will regarding uh, uh, concerning us, right? Ephesians 6, 18. Ephesians 6, 18 says, Praying always with what? All prayer and supplication, what? In the spirit, being watchful, what? To this end with all, what? Perseverance and supplication for all saints. And so he's talking about praying always with all prayer in the spirit, says to be watchful to this end and for perseverance and supplication. Perseverance means what? To not give up. We get to see both of these principles in this thing. We get to see praying always and perseverance, not giving up in Ephesians 6, 18. And then we have to be what? It says watchful to that end, right? Now, here we go. More with praying always. Luke 5, 14 through 16, New King James Version. This is just after Jesus heals the man of leprosy and says, go show yourself to the priest, right? Uh, yeah, we just started 13. Then he, put on, then he put out his hand and touched him saying, I am willing to be cleansed. Immediately, the leprosy left him and, cha- and, and charged him to tell nobody. He says, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as a testimony to them, just as Moses commanded. However, even though he did that, it says, however, the report went around concerning him all the more and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by Jesus of their infirmities, right? It says, so he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed that there was so much work going on and so much stuff that Jesus had to do. He said that he often stepped away and often withdrew himself into the wilderness, what? To pray. This is Jesus literally teaching them what he does. He says, you you ought to always pray and never give up. This is what he practiced. And he is literally showing them to do the things that he would do, okay? And in principle, showing us that if, listen, if Jesus is out here working and Jesus is out here healing people and he's teaching the gospel and people are coming and he has to frequently, and he has to often step away and withdraw himself and pray, how much more do do we who are out here trying to make an impact, we who are trying to spread the gospel, we are, unless, listen, unless some of us aren't doing the work of the gospel, then maybe you don't need to step away and pray as much if you're not doing anything. But those of us who are part of impact, we're out here trying to do something and we oftentimes need to step away and what? And withdraw ourselves and what? And pray. And then we see never giving up. So we see we ought to always pray and we should never give up. Galatians 6, 9. I'm going to do King James Version. It says, let us not be weary in well-doing. Let us not be weary in doing good, right? It says, for in due season, we shall what? We shall reap a harvest if what? 
if we faint not. That means that, the, listen, that as we're doing good, you will get weary. You may get tired of it. You may not always feel like doing it. Listen, these are two things that, 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 that we may not find motivation all the time to do. Sometimes you will go through your day and you may go through a stretch of days where you just don't feel like praying, where you just don't feel like talking to God, where you just feel like you may be too busy, or maybe you're in some sort of slump and you just don't feel like doing it. We're not always going to feel like doing it. And, and then, by the way, and persevering and continuing and never giving up is something that we may not feel like doing. But he says you will reap that harvest if what? If you faint not. Please don't work and work and grind and grind and give up just before it's your time to reap that harvest. It says in due season. There's always a season for something. But we, we listen, we love harvest season. Uh, we, we, we love when it's time to when it's time to reap. But do we love sowing season? Listen, sometimes I, I remember a couple of years ago, Val and I were talking about this. Sometimes you are in a season of sowing and it's not your season to reap yet. And it's not your season for harvest yet. But you're always in a season for something. We just got to be in touch for what season this is in our lives. And so sometimes it may not be your time to reap, but you will reap and you will get this harvest if you what? If you faint not. So if you're in a sowing season, then you better sow like it's your season to sow. And that's what you have to do. And if you're in a season where God is preparing you, then you need to focus on being prepared in the season. Whatever the season is in the moment, you have to live in that season and don't give up because if you give up in that season, then, you're, then, then your harvest and what you're going to reap will at best be delayed. But you got to continue on and doing what's in that season and you will reap that if you faint not. Hebrews 12, one through three. Again, we're talking about the, the, the two things here that Jesus was preaching, that we should always pray and that we should never give up, okay? Hebrews 12, one through three, watch this. He says, wherefore, uh, uh, seeing we are uh, uh, accomplished about with such a great cloud of witness, witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, watch this, and the sin that does easily beset us, watch this, and run with patience, right? We're talking about not giving up, and run with patience the race that is set before us. I can't run anybody else's race but mine, but I've got to run it with patience. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, watch this, who for the joy that was set before him did what? Endured the cross. There's perseverance. There's endurance there. Things we just have to go uh, through. Despising the shame is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Watch this. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest we be wearied and faint in your minds. Meaning consider the fact that Jesus endured what he did and that he persevered, that it may encourage us unless we, lest we become weary and faint in our minds. That it is something about keeping our eyes on Jesus and the perseverance and the endurance and everything that he endured that then will, will, will then encourage us and keep us moving forward and will keep us perse- uh, 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 persevering and will have us building up our endurance and running our race with patience. It says, lest we be weary and faint. Amen. And so we see these two things. So we see it, we see it as 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 um clear as day, where we've got to what? Pray always, and we've got to what? And don't give up. And this is what Jesus is trying to teach uh, and preach here. Now let's look at this story and we can draw out these some of these comparisons uh and, and see and see what we see what we're gonna learn um from here. It's good to see everybody on the call. Hey Yannis and Tanya, Micah, everybody Val. Um uh let's take a look at it. Now, 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 again, oftentimes this this story is called the um, uh, parable of the persistent widow, right? Now, persistence um, means continuing firmly in a course of action, watch this, 
in spite of difficulty or op- or opposition. It is impossible for me to be persistent if there is no opposition. Persistence does not exist unless there's opposition or hardship. If I just continue in the thing and there's no opposition or hardship, I'm not necessarily being persistent. I may be consistent or there may be longevity in what I'm doing. So I may have some longevity. I may be consistent in what I'm doing, but persistence and endurance is only evident when there is opposition or hardship. And so I cannot say that I am uh, I am persistent or even long suffering as one of the fruits of the spirit. I can't say that I'm that if there is no hardship or if there is no opposition. And so these characteristics like this per- uh, perseverance, these are things we're going to need because you will not be able to get through point A to point B in life without any hardship or without any opposition. It would be great if I could promise Mike and Gina, or if I could promise Yenis or Brenda, Charles, that you're going to be able to go through life, Crystal, without any opposition or hardship, but I cannot promise you that. But what we can promise is Jesus says we ought to always pray and we should what? And we should never give up. That as you continue to push and as you continue to move forward and as you continue to pray, that this persistence will build inside of, in, in, in you and we can be just like this woman here who is persistent, who, and, and again, persistence cannot exist unless there is hardship and unless there is opposition. And so these are the character. And so Jesus purposely, watch this. Again, this is a parable. This is a story that he made up to to prove a point that he purposely used in this story, a woman who needed to be persistent, who needed to not give up because there was opposition. And he he used the story to to, um, uh, emphasize to the disciples and in principle to us, the fact that we need to always pray and that we need to be persistent because just like this woman, every single one of us is going to come up across something in life that is going to test our faith, that's going to test our patience, that's going to test us to see what we're made out of, that's going to test to see what we're going to stand on. We're going to see... Is in this situation, Crystal will be faced with in this life. She'll be faced with a situation, and she's going to have to make a choice. Am I going to stand on the word of God, and and, and even though it may take a long time, I'm going to continue to stand, or will I not persevere through it, and will I or will I give up? Amen. So listen, look at the story. So we have the judge. Here's what's interesting about the judge here in this story. Again, this is Jesus making up this story. He's got this parable. Jesus says that, that, that here's this judge, that he does not fear God and that the judge does not care what anybody thinks, all right? So in other words, this guy has no motivating factor to do the right thing or to do anything other than what he decides that he wants to do because he doesn't fear God and he doesn't care what anybody thinks about him. So we've got this judge, right? Now we have the widow. Now the widow represented the most vulnerable in society at the time, okay? If a woman was a widow, she was one of the most vulnerable people in society at that time, okay? And now she also has some sort of injustice that, that she needs rectified, right? So she, so, But she comes to the judge because she clearly can't do it herself. She's totally helpless and she needs help beyond what she can do and she needs help beyond what anyone else close to her in her circle could do. You know why? Because if she could get it done herself, she wouldn't have gone to the judge. And if she knew somebody else who could get it done, she would not have gone to the judge because she would not have needed to go to the judge. And so she's clearly in a situation where she's vulnerable and she needs some sort of injustice rectified and she can, she's totally helpless in the situation. She cannot fix it herself uh, uh, and no one near her or no one close to her can do it. Now, at first the judge says no, right? But the woman came time and time again, again and again to him, 
asking him to do something, and he finally gives her what she wants, not because he has righteousness on his mind, not because he cares anything about her, or not because God told him to. Remember, he doesn't fear God, doesn't care what anybody thinks. He only did it because he was tired of her asking him to do something. Amen? Come on. He Listen, and he says it. He says, I'm only doing this because if I don't give her what she wants, she's going to keep coming over and over and over again. And, and they can hear the judge now saying it the same way that we say things nowadays. He's like, and I just don't have time for that. Like, I don't have time for every day this woman coming to me and asking me the same thing over and over and over again. So I don't even care about her cause. I don't care about what she's asking for. I don't even want to hear the case. Just whatever she says she needs, I'm going to make sure that I do it because I'm so tired of her coming to me day after day after day asking the same thing. And most of us can relate to this. Listen, if you got kids, you know kids would do that. Kids would do it over and over and over. They will ask and ask the same thing. And there are several times where I would just give in to Manny because I'm tired of him asking me the same question and I just don't feel like him. Daddy, 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 daddy. And it's like, I'm just going to, I'll just give it to him, right? Right? Because I'm tired of him asking that same thing all the time. And so this is the situation that this persistent widow finds herself in where the judge finally gives her what she wants, but only because he was tired of her ever asking. And we see the point where Jesus said that I'm telling you this so that you know that you should always pray and that you should never give up. Now, in this story, he, he is comparing us, he's comparing his disciples to the widow. In principle, it's us, right? That we are the widow in the story. They are the widows in the story. And what were some of the characteristics that we found about her? Number one, she was in need of help that she couldn't get herself. And this may be shocking to some of us on the call because we think that we're self-reliant and we think we can do things all by ourselves and we attribute our own success to what we do. But but no, no, we are in need of help and we can't get it done ourselves. And if it, even at this pure basic uh, foundation in, in our faith, we, listen, we weren't right with God and we needed help getting right with God. There was nothing we could do to get right with God. Romans 5.10 uh, and, and Colossians 1.21 refers to us as, enemies of God, that at one point we were enemies of God, that we, listen, that we, that God had nothing to do with it, that we were disconnected from God. Romans 5.10, Colossians 1.21, if you want to look it up a little bit later today. And that, watch this. And not only were we enemies with God, there was nothing we could do about it. There was nothing we could do to get that right. And I know sometimes it's hard to, to, to realize that because Charles is such a nice guy. And oh man, Sister Karen is such a nice woman. And so, you know, of course God was cool. No, all of us at that same point, the Bible says we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, right? We all were outsiders not looking in. And it wasn't anything we've done, but it was by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that brought us in. This is 100% the truth, even though sometimes we, 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 we may forget and we may want to get a little judgmental people and we act like, like, like we always had life together, but we did not always have it together, right? Like then without the sacrifice of Jesus, we would still have that same issue. Do we realize that, that without the finished work of Jesus, we would still have that same issue with God. We would be enemies with God and there would be nothing that we could do to fix it. And so we are her in this story. We are the ones that, 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 that have an issue and it is beyond our control and beyond anything we can do to fix it. Now watch this. She also knew, here's where we got to catch it. She also knew where to go for help. She knew that she had an injustice and she knew that she couldn't do nothing about it. And there was no one around her, obviously, who could do anything about it. So she knew she had to go to this judge, right? Listen, do we know where to go when we need help? 
Do we? Because listen, we can say I know I need to go to God, but the truth of the matter is, and I'm not talking about any, I'm not talking about Tanya or, or Micah. I'm talking about me. I say I know I need to go to God, but the truth of the matter is sometimes he is the third or fourth option when I try to rationalize with him on my, my own mind. I try to devise my own plan. I try to figure out how I'm going to do these things on my own. And I say in theory, and I say that I know I ought to go to God first. And I know that prayer ought to be my first resort, never my last resort. Well, y'all, we might as well pray. We might as well pray and see what God going to do. Like, no, it's not. That's not the way, that's not the way it's supposed to work. Uh, might as well pray to see what God's going to do and see what's going to happen. No, no, no. It ought to be my first course of action. Psalm 121 verse one says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from which cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The moment that I am faced with these hard times or the moment I'm faced with this decision or the moment I'm faced with this opposition, it, my first response needs to be, listen, if you got to write that down, put that on a notepad in your, yeah, y'all know we always have these uh, impact resolutions. Put this as one of your impact resolutions or, or statements that you're going to put on a bathroom wall or, or, or in your little journals or something that the moment that these trials come or some opposition come, let my response be, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from which comes my help. When I'm trying to figure out what to do, I see you, Charles. I'm guilty too, my man. Listen, that that's going to be my first response to lift up my eyes to the hills from which comes my help. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Remember, we did a whole lesson about when the Lord helps. If you got to go back to listen to that, listen to it. And we've got to make sure that we switch that mindset to I run, I run to the father first. Okay. I, I run, maybe that's what we should have called it. Not when the Lord's help, we should have called that, that series. Uh, I, I run to the father first. And that's what we have to make sure we do. Listen, Psalm 46, one says, God is our refuge and our strength a very present help in trouble. Listen, not a help that's on the way. And it's good. Listen, I, listen, a lot of us get hope when we hear, okay, help is on the way. We love when help is on the way. We love when, 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 you know, prosperity or whatever you say is on the way and that's on the way. And this is on the way. And that's, no, no, no. He said, he's a, what a very present help, a help that is with you right now, a help that is with you in your moment, a help that, listen, the minute you get the bad news or the minute you get the opposition or the minute that you feel that push against you, guess who is with you right there in that moment? Guess who's right? The person who's a very present help, the God who is a refuge and a God who is your strength. Listen, you don't, and here's the thing about strength. We want God's strength, but you don't need strength unless you're going to persevere or unless you're going to endure. No one needs strength unless there is a continuing or unless there is a perseverance, unless there is a not giving up that you have to do. And so who needs strength if you don't have to fight or push against anything? And so if we want him to be our refuge, refuge is for protection. You don't need refuge if there's nothing to be protected from. You don't need strength if there's nothing to fight and you don't need help unless there's an opposition. But he says he is our refuge because we need protection. He is our strength because we're too weak to fight it. And he is a very, what, present help in the time of trouble. Because in the time of trouble, I don't need help that's coming. Come on, somebody. I don't need help. Listen, and this is what I love about prayer where he says he had, he has, he knows what we need before we even pray. Listen, before I even pray for help, he already knows that I need help. And so he's a, what, a very present help that before you even say the word help, sometimes me praying for God to help me. Sometimes, Charles, and you pray for God to help you, Brenda, when you're praying for God, it's literally sometimes for you, for you to, 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 to vocalize it and for you to almost like an acknowledgement that you need the help because he knows you need the help before you even ask it. And he's present right there with you in the moment that you need help. He said, he is our God is our refuge and our strength and a very what present help in the time of trouble. I thank God for all the help that's on the way, but I'm telling you, I rejoice for the fact that God is present with me and he is a very what present help in the time of trouble. Hebrews 4, 15 through 16. 
Y'all know how I get sometimes I start rattling off stuff and I move fast. I see Crystal typing right now. Hebrews 4, 15 through 16, she's typing fast. Watch this. For, for And this is where we got to know where to go for help. Okay, so we saw that, 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 that just like her, we're helpless and in need of help. But do we know where to go for help? Okay, this is, this is where we are right now, where we go for help. Hebrews 4, 15 through 16 says, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with uh, the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted just like we were, yet he was without sin. It says, let us therefore. Okay, so knowing this, knowing all that, let us therefore do what? Come boldly to the throne of grace, meaning that I don't have to tiptoe. I don't have to schedule an appointment with God. I don't have to feel good about myself. Like I literally can just come boldly to the throne of grace. Why? So that I can obtain mercy, watch this, and find grace to help in the time of need. These are two scriptures back to back where we see that he is a present help in trouble and that we have open access to God whenever we feel like we need to go to him to get mercy and to find grace when in our time of need, and that we can go boldly the same way that this widow went boldly day after day after day. Do you know how much, do you know how much strength and boldness it must have took in this story that Jesus is saying? Because again, this is a widow, someone who's the most vulnerable in society. And then you have a judge who's not vulnerable at all in society, who actually have power and influence, and he doesn't care about God and he doesn't care about people. And so there's nothing good in his nature that would even make him feel pity on her. Yet she still came boldly to him. And so if we have a high priest who is touched by our by the by the feeling of our infirmities because he was tempted just like us then we listen this judge had nothing in common with this woman and she still came boldly day after day after day we have a high priest who understands exactly how we feel and understands our infirmities because he was tempted just like us never sinned but tempted just like us and so when i when i am tempted and even when i fall to sin i should not let that affect how boldly i come to the throne of grace because it says come boldly don't tiptoe don't be worried about it. Come anyway, and you can find mercy and you can find grace in the time for need. And so we need to know exactly where we need to go. Go to the Father first in the time of need when we have help. So we see that she needed help. And we see that we need help. Amen. And we, we so she knew where to go. I'm going to go to this judge, even though, again, like Jesus in the story, it just had nothing to do with her had no had no, nothing in common but we do have a a, a, a a mediator and that we do have a high priest who is in touch with what we go through and what we're feeling right now right now watch this number three she kept going back okay she did not give up she just kept going back it reminds me of the story where um where where jesus uh was talking to all the people who were following him um uh and he said something i, I gotta go back to uh it's it's in it's in john 6 68 so you guys can read it um a little bit later in john 6 68 and he says something to the disciples, um, to all people who were, who, were, who, were, who were following him, and many of them left him after he got finished speaking. And then, and then Jesus says to the 12, he says, you know, are you guys, guys going to leave too? Are y'all going to leave the same way they're leaving? And then, and then Peter says, well, to whom shall we go? Like your words have like, and so that's the, listen, she kept going back because she had nowhere else to go. She kept going back because th- there was no one else who could do anything about it. And that's the same persistence that we need to have when we know we need this help and we know we need Jesus. Listen, Jesus says, I, look, I am the vine, you are the branches. Uh, with me, you bear fruit. But apart from me, you can't do anything. Do any of us really understand the fact that apart from him, we can do nothing, but with him, we bear much fruit. And, 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 and so this is like, well, if I'm, if I'm going to, if I'm not going to come to him and I'm going to give up, where else am I going to go? Why would I give up when I literally have nowhere else to go? I have nowhere else to turn. Do we have that same attitude that Peter has that says, well, give up, walk away and go where and do what? 
What am I supposed to do if I walk away? What am I supposed to do if I give up? Again, that's John 6, 68. And so we see the fact that she realizes she needed help. And that's where we, that's, that's, that, that she's us in this story. And she knew where to go for help. And she knew she had to keep going. She had to keep going back until she got what she wants. Now, here's the thing we got to understand about this story, because I've heard this said before. And, 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 you know, I just like to, I like to, I like the Bible just to say what the Bible says. I don't try to twist anything that this is not a story to the point of the story, Jesus was clear, was for us to pray without ceasing and to never give up. But this is not a story to encourage us to keep bugging God about material stuff that we want. And we keep asking and asking and asking and praying and praying and praying until I get what I want. You want your blessing? Keep praying, keep praying. I don't get, you know, no, that's not, that's not Jesus. Like, like Jesus is clear. He says, the Bible says what the story was. And before he even told the story, he says why he told the story. He told the story so that we could pray always. And see, the problem is some of us interpret that story that way because our prayer lives only consist of us telling God stuff that we want. That's it. I'm done. I'll get to this moment. I'm done now. That's it. Some some of us only some of us get that um uh, uh message out of this story because the only time we pray, come on, Crystal. The only time we pray, Sierra over here laughing at me. I almost knocked my microphone over because the only time that we pray is when we want something from God. And so when He says pray always, we think, okay, so I should always ask for stuff and I should never give up asking for what I want. No. Listen, because when Jesus was teaching them how to pray, Jesus said, Jesus says, pray like this. Our father who art in heaven, how he lays out what it means to pray. And it wasn't praying about extra stuff and luxury, this and luxury, that. And I want, and I want, and I want, it's not a laundry list of things to want, but he says to pray consistently. And so this is not about being persistent and always bugging God for the five bedroom, three bathroom house with the three car. This is not about that. It's not about bugging him until you get the stuff that you want. Watch this because you're going to see it. And the Lord says, I'm going back to, uh, to, to Luke eight and watch this verse six. He said, or 18, um, uh, uh, verse six, he says, and the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And, and, and will God not bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? So he's saying, you see how the judge gave her what she wanted and he was unjust. He says, will not the father listen to you when you cry to him day and night? Will he keep putting you off? Of course not. He says, I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. So he's saying, he, God will see that they get justice and quickly. Now watch this. Here's where we're talking about never giving up. He says, however, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on earth? He is saying that God's going to do his part. You ask and you pray, God's going to do his part. He's going to make sure you find justice. But what I'm trying to, but he said, but what I'm trying to figure out is, however, when the son of man comes, will he be able to find anyone on earth who has not given up? Come on, somebody. I'm preaching all the way in Williamsburg. I'm in a hotel and I'm pretty sure the people next to me can, can hear, but they, they go get this word too. They're going to get every little single bit of this word that I believe. Listen, the, when the son of man comes, will he be able to find anyone on earth who has faith? Oh, because it's hard to, it's hard to not give up. It's hard to keep the faith. Y'all know y'all been, y'all, y'all been living long enough to know that I've been living long enough to, know, to pray without ceasing and to never give up. He is saying that even this unjust judge gave this woman what she wanted because she kept asking and asking over and over and over again. He says, and God is not like this unjust judge. He hears your cries day and night. Listen, sometimes we feel like God doesn't hear us because because we feel like we haven't gotten an answer yet. But what we got to hear, he says, and will not God bring justice for his chosen ones? Tanya, when you pray night and day, night and day, Michael, when you've got these requests and you're asking God night and day and you're crying out to him, 
he hears you. Jesus says that he hears his chosen ones. If this unjust judge heard this woman and did something, that God hears you too, and he will see to it that you get justice. He says, now he's going to do his part. But he says, but when the son of man comes, will he find faith on this earth? My goodness, my goodness. And I believe that when he does, he will find faith with Yenis and he will find faith with Brenda and he will find faith with Sia. He'll find faith right here on impact. It's about praying without ceasing. And again, this, not, not, the, not the laundry list of things you want from God. And, and, and that's because I've heard it taught that way where, you know, if you want, you got to keep asking, keep asking, keep asking, keep, asking, keep bugging, keep bugging. No, no, no. We're not talking about the, the Christmas list. We're not talking about Santa Claus, Jesus. And we're not talking about vending machine God where you just hit the buttons and, and, and whatever you want comes out. No, no, no. He's talking about praying, interceding for others, praying that God's will be done here on earth talking to God. We're talking about go to the model prayer and see what Jesus, um, and what Jesus, what Jesus prayed. Uh, and that, and he says, pray, uh, 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 like this. So we're talking about, and by the way, even if you don't, even if you feel like you, 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 you know, you haven't prayed in a long time and it's like, well, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what I should say. It's basic. Jesus even, Jesus even gave the instructions before he told the disciples how to pray. He says, listen, when you pray, go to your room, shut the door. You know what I mean? And start the, and the father and go in secret. And the father who sees you in secret will reward you publicly. Right. He says, but don't be like the hypocrites. He was talking about the Pharisees where you want to be out in front of people and pray and you use elegant, eloquent words. And you, and, and, and you've got all these um, uh, uh, vain repetitions and things like that. He called it. It's like, so don't, don't worry if you don't have big words and you can't recite scriptures in your prayer. That's not what prayer is. It's, talking to God and hearing from him. He says, do that secretly, right? And so it's about, it's about doing that without ceasing, always continuing to pray throughout your day. You don't need, listen, you don't need to call me and have me pray for you three times a day, four times a day. No, you pray, you talk to God. We're supposed to pray without ceasing. And it says, and never giving up the faith. Man, I hope when God looks down here on earth oh, and, 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 and ultimately, like Jesus said in the scripture, when the son of man comes, that he will find faith among us, among this group, at least um, here on earth and won't find people who gave up uh, the faith. Let's pray.